This morning I want to talk about hidden power. And I want to start with a question. How do you feel about being seen as unintelligent? Think about this for a moment. What if you were to post a thought on social media and suddenly you had comment after comment after comment about how dumb you are? How many of you would like that? Like none of us, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that we fear. I mean, even if someone doesn't agree with us, because most of us don't necessarily fear being disagreed with, but we fear being seen as dumb, as unintelligent. What if that was the path that God was calling you to? Would you be willing to do it? Because we were just talking about surrender. And, and that, that hits me, too. Because um, I also have a, a, what they would call a powerful personality. Okay, Not all of us do. But how many of us are comfortable being seen as unintelligent? Are you willing to surrender others seeing you and respecting your intelligence. What about this? How many of you are willing to be seen as weak-willed? I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking about weak-willed. How many of you are willing to have the people around you in your life look at you and be like, what a wimp. I mean, they, they have no inner strength inside of them. They are so weak that they've got to believe in stupid stuff just to get through life. What a wimp. I mean, even if you don't care about physical strength, how many of us want that? I, I don't know of anyone who wants that. Almost everyone I know wants to be seen as someone who has intelligence. Maybe you don't want to be seen as a brainiac or something like that, but you don't want to be seen as someone who's dumb. You don't want to be seen as someone who's weak. But think about this. When Jesus came to the earth, God in the flesh, the one who had spoken creation into existence, he came in the form of a helpless infant that couldn't wipe himself. That's how he came. He came to a family that did not have prestige. He came to a family that um, couldn't afford a nice place to stay in order to give birth to him in a place that was respectable. That's who he came to. And as he grew up, he grew up in a society that valued religious education but he did not receive it in the way that many did. And so he was not only seen as coming from a family that, that wasn't respectable in that way, but also a family that wasn't seen as highly intelligent. That was the path that he walked. What if the Lord is asking you to walk a similar path? Are you willing because I hear him calling that to me, and I struggle with it. 
I want to look to the Word this morning in a place where he talks about this very thing. It talks about the wisdom and the power of God. But the frustrating part is that it's something the world doesn't recognize. And that's hard because that's the place that we live in. You know, just yesterday, we had a wedding in here. And during that wedding, every seat that you're sitting in was filled. We had to add extra rows, and we had people standing around the outside. Oh, yeah. It's not that way this morning, is it? You know why? Because we're talking about the ways of the Lord this morning. And this is reality. This is reality of what the majority of people think about pursuing the Lord and pursuing His ways. And I got to tell you, that's hard on me. Because I don't like being seen as weak. I don't like being seen as unintelligent. But the reality is, is that this is what most people think of God's Word, and if I speak God's Word, this is what most people think of it. Amen. You know, this is something that, that I find on a regular basis. Most of you know I, I work more than one job. And when I'm out in the community, I find like nobody wants to talk about this job. No one ever asks me about this job. They always ask me about the other job as if that's what I do full-time. But this is what I do full-time. I do the other one just a little bit. Recently, I was talking with a group of people, and I was talking about how I, I was stressing this because for, for what I was talking to them about, they needed to hear this. I was stressing that I work full-time here. This is my priority. And then I said, you know, I, I put in a, a few hours as I'm able in the other one. One minute later, one of those people said to me, so are you working full time at the Cesar PD? No, no. And this is a person that doesn't know the Lord. But the thing is, it's like they so disrespect this and they so don't see the need for it. It, 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 even though I tell them, it's like, that doesn't make sense that you would do this full time. And as we walk out our faith, that's what we're going to find among those who see the cross and Christ as something dumb and unintelligent. And the question is, are we willing to not only to continue to walk it out, but to continue to share it? As you make social media posts, and I'm not a big poster, some of you are, but are we willing to really share our faith? Or do we want the respect of the world? Do we want to be seen as intelligent by the world? Do we want to be seen as a strong person by the world? I don't think we can have it both ways. The scripture I want to go to this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. The New Living has the heading, The Wisdom of God. 
And verse 18 says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. It doesn't say they don't agree with it. It says it's foolish. Now here's the reality, and this is sad, but the reality is, is that most of the people that you interact with on a daily basis are headed for destruction. The majority of the people are headed for destruction. So what does that mean? The majority of the people, if you are making Christ the center of your life, think you are foolish. And the reason I say this is because I think that this is something that we need to address because God is wanting us to put our faith first. He's wanting us to share that. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. But you need to understand this and you need to be ready for this. You are going to be seen as foolish if you really go after this. And I want to share that with you so that you're prepared and so it doesn't throw you off track. Because this is something you're going to have to push through. You will not have the respect of the world. You will not. It will be seen as stupidity. And for some reason, that helps me. That helps me because I know that, okay, <laughs> there's a blinding there. Because what happens is then we begin to doubt ourselves. And we're like, well, you know, maybe I am just an idiot. And, you know, we, we start wrestling back and forth. And, and then, you know, well, I'll just kind of be quiet. I'll just kind of be quiet with my faith. Well, that's not what God has called us to. He's called us to share it. It says, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Now, I want you to notice that it says being saved. What, what's it saying in that? Well, salvation is something that we receive from the Lord. It, it certainly is. But scripture also talks about working out our salvation with fear and trembling. What's that talking about? Well, it's talking about the transformation that we are under. We are in transformation of continually dying to our flesh. What does our flesh want? Our flesh wants to be glorified. Our flesh wants people to look at us and go, wow, they're so amazing. Well, part of walking out my salvation and part of me being saved is me dying to that. And I find that it is a long, grueling process that I am still under because that still irks me. I don't like to be disrespected. I don't like to be seen as unintelligent. I don't like to be seen as weak. That really, really irritates me. But we see it even in the church world. Did you know most churches, most churches will not consider you as a pastor if you don't have a certain level of education? Now, your mind says, well, yeah, that, that sounds like a good. I mean, you, you should have a certain understanding of the word. Yes, you certainly should have a certain understanding of the word. But does that mean that you have a degree from somewhere? Because if you do, if that's the case, guess who wouldn't qualify? Jesus, the Savior, would not qualify to be the pastor of any church who says that. And yet, that is the reality of most churches. I, I mean, if you go and they're looking to hire somebody, they have that printed out. Don't even apply. Don't even apply if you don't have this or this degree. And many of them, if it's not from this kind of college or this kind of college. 
I remember uh, when I was pastoring here, I began to do some more graduate work at a seminary in St. Louis, and some of the people found out that I was pastoring, and they were so offended. They were so offended because I only held an undergraduate degree. I didn't hold a graduate degree. They were like, what are you doing? You have no business doing that. And they really looked down on me, and that really irritated me. And here was the reality. Here's where I had to come back to. Did God call me to be here or not? In order for me to come here, I didn't just come here because I thought it was a good idea. I actually thought it was a bad idea. <laughs> but I asked the Lord, and the Lord said, this is where I'm calling you. And so when we get to those places, we have to go back and we have to say, Lord, is this what you're calling me to? Because if you are looking to be respected, even among the church, you may find that you're not. But I want you to know that doesn't mean God hasn't called you to it, to whatever it is he's, he's calling you to. That doesn't mean he hasn't called you to it just because you don't have the masses, even in the church, saying, yes, I agree. So then he goes to a scripture in verse 19 that he quotes, and he says, as the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. Now that sounds great, okay? The but is, how's he going to do that? How is he going to destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligence? Well, what we find in Scripture is this is how he's going to do it. He's going to let the intelligent of the world appear intelligent for a while, let the wise of the world appear wise for a while, but then on down the road, what's going to happen is he's going to bring out the truth. The truth is going to come out. When the truth comes out, those who were following deception, those who were pushing deception, are going to be exposed for what they are. And that sounds great, and we say amen, we're not there yet. Right now, we're still in the place where those who preach deception and those who follow deception are praised by the world as intelligent and strong. And you and I are being asked to speak truth right now as it's looked down upon and wait for the time that it is exposed for what it is, which is the truth. And the reality is, is that means we're looked down on by the masses and we're supported by a smaller group. That's what Jesus found when he walked the earth. Verse 20 says, So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. I want to read that again. That the world would never know him through human wisdom. 
See, here's the interesting part. When God in the flesh walked this earth, there were all kinds of religious scholars who studied the Word constantly. They were in His presence. They didn't recognize Him. They wanted to kill Him. They did kill Him. God did that for a reason. To show us that it's not through human wisdom that we're going to find Him. It's through the heart that John talked about. It's through me surrendering my heart that my eyes are opened and I can truly see Him. But you need to know this. If you are unwilling to surrender that, and if you want to be seen as intelligent by the world, and you want to be seen as strong by the world, it's going to be hidden from you because you can't find Him through that. The only way that you can find Him is to surrender and say, Okay, God, I will walk the path that you want me to walk, even though it's not a popular one, and people aren't praising it, and it feels like there's only a few saying, Yes, keep going. After the wedding yesterday, there was a man who came up to me and said thank you for pouring into Mitchell's life, who was the groom. Um, Mitchell's someone the Lord led here. And he's someone that has encouraged me because, you know, Mitchell first came into a self-defense ministry that, that I was doing here at the church. And in that ministry... It was one of those things that, you know, a lot of people, you know, start off with. It's something new. It's something exciting. But very few people see it out. Mitchell was one of those that saw it out. Mitchell was one of those that continued until the end. He was one of those that, that kept going. And so the Lord has allowed me to just be connected with him for many years and a relative of his came up and just said, thank you for pouring into his life. And in that moment, that grabbed me because that's who I want to be. I want to be the person that God can use to pour into somebody's life in a way that really matters. But I want to tell you, that there are other things pulling on me so that I don't take that path. Because the reality is, is that the Mitchells, and Mitchell's somebody who wants to truly follow the Lord. Mitchell is somebody who truly wants to be discipled in the ways of God. But I want to tell you, those people are very, very few and far between. Even when it comes to the church, you know, as small as attendance is in a church, it's even smaller those who truly want to be discipled and truly want to follow the Lord. And so there's all this pulling me because, again, I don't want to be seen weak as unintelligent. I want to do something that people respect. I, I mean, when you're in a group of people, it, maybe you don't want attention, but you want to be someone that people look at and say, I respect that person, you know? That, that, that person is, is someone who sticks to, to their convictions, and, you know, you know, I would like, you know, my kid to be that person. Think about this for a second. How many of you who have kids think to yourself, someday 
I would like my son or daughter to marry somebody that the world sees as unintelligent and weak-willed. I mean, for real. None of us would, right? I mean, <laughs> when Nikki's family, some of her family found out that I was going to pursue ministry, they weren't excited because, and they were Christian, but they weren't excited about it because it's not something that the world looks at and honors. It's something that the world looks at and says, huh, couldn't have done anything else, huh? <laughs> You're that desperate. You see what I'm saying? And what that does is it kind of points out where our priorities are. But I'm sharing this with you so that we can understand this is the path that God's calling us to. If we're going to make a difference in the world, this is the path that we got to follow out. You see, if I choose these other things that pull me, then I don't have that moment where somebody says thank you. Thank you for continuing on and following the path that God has for you because it's making a difference here. Those things don't happen a lot, but when they do, it's a reminder that, okay, this is worth it. Well, guess what? God wants to use you in the same way. God wants to use you to impact the lives of other people in a way that really matters. But in order for that to happen, it means you saying no to other paths that the world says, oh, that's awesome. You know, that position that you could get that people would say, "Woo, good job. I want to be like you. I want my kids to be like you. Well, understand this, that taking those paths many times can mean forfeiting those other things. And we've got to make the choice. Are we willing to do it? I mean, think about it. Think about Jesus for a second. Jesus could have chose differently. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross and be despised by the world. He could have lived some short-term excitement. He could have allowed them to make him the dictator of the time. But he would have forfeited the path that was his, which was going to the cross and saving your and my soul. Think about that. That's what could have happened. Guess what? Similar things are asked of you. Now, you're not going to be able to save everybody's soul, but God has a similar path where He's asking you to walk a path that isn't respected by the world so that He can use you in powerful ways that make a difference for the kingdom. Verse 22, It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. Okay, there's two things that brought out there. One is talking about wisdom, okay? They want to be seen as intelligent. The other is talking about signs. They want to be seen as powerful. This still exists in the church today. And, and we all struggle with it in our flesh. Even as a church, okay? Let's say, okay, yep, we're willing to, to follow Jesus and, and to say that we are followers of Christ and we're willing to receive some of the whatever from the world. But here's the reality. Even in that, we, we want to be seen as intelligent and powerful. And so sometimes we're asking God to move in ways in our church 
Not so that people will come to the Lord, but so that people will at least say, whoa, that church is powerful. You see what I'm saying? I want you to see that. There's nothing wrong in asking for God to move, okay? I mean, God, Jesus moved. And when he told uh, the disciples of John the Baptist who asked, are you the Messiah? He said, go tell them what you're seeing, okay? The demons are cast out. People are healed. God wants to move in these ways. He does. But hear this. When people began to focus on that and say, God, I want a sign, he said, no. Why? Because there was something in their heart that wanted a sign for a wrong reason. Sometimes the reason that we're asking God to move in powerful ways is because we want others to look at us, even if it's just other churches, and say, whoa, God's moving there. Well, guess what? God's not going to move if that's where my heart's at. You have other churches, they want to be seen as intelligent, right? And so everything is about being seen as well put together and so on. And so volunteers aren't allowed because you're not polished enough. Instead, we're going to hire everything out so that everything is done professional. Why do we want that? So that others can look at us and say, wow. And you know what? That will draw a crowd. And that would really help my ego. I got to tell you that. Is that what God wants? No. He's got a different path for me. He's He's got a different path for you. Verse 24, but to those called by God to salvation. Those called to God by salvation. These are the different ones, the the true believers, both Jews and Gentiles. See, it doesn't matter where you come from. It's about what your focus is. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ, the one who died on the cross. The one who was rejected. He's the power and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things to the world that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. I hate this part. You know, many of us are sitting around waiting for some great platform. Many of us are, are praying that, you know, following Christ will become the popular thing. And we pray for some platform where people look at us with with respect because then we think, then I'll share Jesus and they'll all say, yes, because I have a platform of respect. Well, guess what? It's not his plan and he has reasons for it. Instead, he's not going to give you a platform that everybody goes, bravo, bravo. Instead, they're going to be like, that's only because you couldn't do any better. It's because you're Weak, unintelligent. God has a purpose for it. As a result, verse 21, 29, sorry, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus 
for our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and He freed us from sin. Therefore, as the Scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. You see, that's the part my flesh hates, but that's what it's all about. It's so that in the end, I can't say, Lord, look what I did for you. In the end, the only thing that I will have is, Lord, It was all you. You didn't need me. But but, but that's the thing that my flesh wants. I I want to be needed. I I, I want people to say, oh, you did such a good job there. I can't imagine life or, or anything without you. That's so amazing. But instead, what God wants is for people to look at my life and say, wow, look what Jesus is doing. If God can do something with that, God can do something with me or anyone. That's what God is going for. Are you willing to have that? Because if you are, then one day you're going to stand before the Lord and the Lord's going to say, well done. You didn't go for that path of seeking your own glory, of trying to be seen as intelligent or strong by others. You took the ridicule and you continued on. You continued to speak truth and love other people and not try to force your own will. And you sought me and you asked me to move instead of trying to make things happen yourself and you were willing to take the path that I gave you. Well done, son. Well done, daughter. The choice is ours. I pray that you will take that path where he says, well done. Father, thank you that your wisdom far outshines anything that we see in this world. And even your weakness, which you have none, is stronger than the strength of the world. And Lord, the amazing, crazy thing is, is that you come to live within us. And so the one, when we surrender to you, that is within us is greater than he who is in the world. But Lord, we recognize that it's hidden, just like with Jesus. And even when it wasn't hidden, the world wouldn't recognize it. So even if we were moving in great signs and wonders right now, the world would still not recognize it. Lord, thank you that we get to know you. Lord, give us the strength to walk this path out, to continue to share truth with other people, and not to take the path of those who are on the road to destruction. Lord, thank you for your goodness, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would